I have a responsibility in a service to try to help. Uh, the The Holy Spirit is helping me to try to guide that service. So if any time you're protected, if the Holy Spirit has led you to do something, and I tell you no, okay, it, that's on me. It's not on you. Uh, but uh, if the Holy Spirit says uh, no, and I've told you no, you're still protected. So either way, you're safe. You just do your best to obey God and allow me the same privilege and grace, okay? Thank you. Appreciate it. So we're going to start a new series, and I'm going to try to uh, get uh, this as much as to you rapidly um, without going too fast so that you can get it but not keep you here till 2 o'clock because I've got a lot that I feel Holy Spirit has downloaded to me that I have uh, need to upload to you. <laughs> so get your Bibles out and go to Romans, the 14th chapter. Verse 17, this is going to be our text for this morning. We're going to come back to it uh, uh, throughout the message, but I want to give you the foundation of where we're going because we're going to talk about three ingredients of the kingdom of God. We're talking about the gospel of the kingdom this month. There are literally seven times that different gospels are mentioned in the scripture. One's the gospel of salvation. Do you believe in that? Say amen, shake your head, grunt, punch your neighbor. Uh, tell me something, make sure you're here. All right. There's the gospel of Christ. There's the gospel, Paul says it's my gospel. Uh, and we Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And I'm going to show you a little bit about that. The launching pad today is Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not... Eating and drinking, we're going to discuss that in just a moment. We have to understand the context. But the kingdom of God is three ingredients. You ready? Righteousness, somebody say righteousness. Peace, say peace out loud, yeah. And joy, somebody say joy. Now shout out this one, in the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is in you. So the kingdom of God is the same thing as the kingdom of heaven. A lot of people get confused that the kingdom of heaven is up beyond uh, the stars out in the galaxy somewhere, and when we die, we're all going to go to this celestial place called the kingdom of heaven. While that is true, and I don't take the future implications of that away from you because I believe sincerely that when my mom passed away she was automatically instantly still alive in the presence of the Lord and I will be with her one day and if you have a loved one you believe the same thing I just don't believe it's as far off as you think it is and I'm not talking about time I'm talking about through the veil and through the invisible that is present in the room right now but we talk about the kingdom of God on the earth and the kingdom of heaven someplace else, but they are the same thing because Matthew, in writing the gospel of Matthew, refers to it as the kingdom of heaven because as a Jew writing, he would not write the holy name of God, Yahweh, out. He would not write it out. So he referred to it as the kingdom of heaven. But it is the absolute same thing as the kingdom of God. This word here, if I can have that next slide on uh, the kingdom, uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce these Greek words, but it's important for us to know them 
Because if we don't know them, we won't understand what Jesus came preaching and what your purpose is. I'm going to tell you today, how many of you have been looking for your purpose? You want to know what God has purposed you? i got two people that want to know what God's purpose for them is on the planet. I hear people all of the time talking about, wish I knew what my purpose was. I'm going to tell you today. You're going to go out of here having purpose today. Okay? Are you excited about that? I am. But this word kingdom means... It, it, it always requires a king. Duh. If you don't have a king, then you just have a dumb. <laughs> it's kingdom. It always requires a king, and, and it is the realm of the king's sovereign rule. Where is Jesus ruling and reigning as king right now? In our hearts. In this life, the, the scripture tells us. So jump quickly. Let's uh, time hop over to Matthew 9.35. I used this during our last series, and this is when the Holy Spirit touched me about this series because it said that Jesus went about in all of the cities and villages, teaching in the, their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Do you see that? and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. When you preach the kingdom, guess what will manifest? The healing of sicknesses and diseases. Sicknesses in the mind, sicknesses in the emotions, sicknesses in the body. Diseases will begin. It is a natural flow in the operation of the kingdom of God. When the gospel of the kingdom is preached, signs and wonders follow as people believe. So we saw what the word kingdom means. It requires a king. We believe that's King Jesus, amen. And it is the rule, of the sovereign rule in the realm uh, where the king rules in our hearts. He's ruling and reigning in this earth. But the gospel, look at this Greek word. We know that it means good news. And somehow we have the wrong definition up there for gospel. But it means that Jesus was, he was using a non-religious word from the culture. Just like I was talking to you about last time where Paul used a non-religious word for grace. All of the, the Greek words that he was using there were just, they were non-religious words. They were words from the culture. And so... The writer here in um, Matthew and also over in Romans takes this word gospel and it means good news, but it's, a, it's not a, a religious word. It was an extremely political word having reference to a kingdom and the victories of that king and how the power, the order, and the riches of that king were going to be brought to those who would be in allegiance to that king, in allegiance to that king. So let me say it this way. Jesus came preaching the announcement, the good news about all the victories, all of the order, all of the power, all of the riches that those who would believe in his kingdom would receive. It's the good news about the king and his kingdom. I believe, this is me, I believe that we have too long 
not preach the gospel, and that's why we have not seen results in salvation, in healing, in deliverance. We've preached all types of things but the gospel. And the gospel is good news about the king, what the king did. He won victory for us at Calvary. And through that victory, he has given us every good and perfect gift that's coming down from the Father. We looked at a lot of those gifts through the Holy Spirit last month. Jesus was literally proclaiming and making an announcement of his lordship. But he wasn't making a political announcement. Please turn your hearing aids up and lean into me during this time of political crisis and this time of getting near to voting season. Jesus never did, and he didn't come making a political statement, and he is still not making political statements today. I have a lot of people that want me to make political statements. I am not a politician. And you're not going to hear me make political statements. You will hear me make biblical statements that can be applied to every area of our lives. We are in a spiritual kingdom. Touch your neighbor and tell them it's spiritual, it's not political. There will not be a political leader that will get us out of the mess that we are in right now. Bipartisanship or no party at all, there is no leader. I hope you can hear me say that because I don't get political and I don't get that uh, really aggressive when I'm talking about it. But I'm really kind of sick at my stomach because of the division within this church based upon political views. And it ought not be. Can't get any help in the house. I'm talking about a spiritual kingdom, not a political party. Put that aside. Luke 4. Help me, Holy Ghost. Chapter 4, verse 43. But Jesus said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities. Watch this. Look at it. Because I was sent for this purpose. Now Jesus, chapter 4, Luke has just finished his first sermon in Nazareth. Chapter 4, verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, has anointed me to preach. And he begins to tell you what he was going to preach. He was in Nazareth in the synagogue preaching his first sermon. But he said, I must go to all of the other cities. That's what Matthew 9, 35 said he was doing in all the cities and the villages. What was he preaching? The very same thing that he said he must preach in Luke 4 at the end of his first sermon. I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities. Why? Because I was sent for this purpose. Jesus had a purpose that not only included the cross. Let's praise God for the cross. Let's lift our hands for the blood of Jesus. Let's thank the Lord for the victory that was won on Calvary, but that was not the only purpose for which Jesus came. It was the most important purpose because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin, and the blood has not lost its power. It still forgives. But Jesus had a purpose that did not only include the cross, and he says it right here in Luke 4.43, for this purpose I was sent to do what? To preach the gospel of the kingdom. He had a declaration, a proclamation of the good news of the rule and the reign of the king and his kingdom. He initiated the kingdom with his coming. 
well, I told you that without a king, you can't have a kingdom. And he came as a king, did he not? What did the wise, man say, wise men say in Matthew 2, 2? Where is he born king? For we have come to worship him. He brought the kingdom when he came. Jesus did not necessarily come to give you good advice, but to proclaim good news. Good advice will only get you so far, but good news about the king and his kingdom will last you a lifetime. Somebody say amen. I'm thankful for the advice that I find in the scriptures through the words of Jesus. But if he only gave us good advice, we don't have the victories, the riches, the power of the kingdom. He came declaring the good news. There's a difference. There's a difference between advice and news. Uh, advice will get you so far, but news is about something that has already happened that talks about things that will happen in the future. For instance, uh, if the surgery was successful, there is a future now because the surgery was successful. If the pupil passed their exam, then there is a future that will carry them into academical success. If you are successful in one area of life that has uh, you can share the good news about that that will take you into your future. And Jesus was sharing the good news of the kingdom because it was going to propel us into the future. i got to calm down. <laughs> I'm going too fast. Was that my microphone or was that somebody knocking? Come on in, Lord. Luke 17. Now, pay attention to me real closely here in Luke 17. Chapter 17, verse 20. The Pharisees, they're in every church. <laughs> I was one, but I'm recovering. Now when he was asked, Jesus, by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come, what an interesting question. Not when are we going to heaven, but when will the kingdom come? I think they had the correct question because number one, Jesus did not rebuke them. And number two, he didn't answer with an answer about going. He answered the question with about coming. Let me read it again. The Pharisees asked, when will the kingdom of God come? Why did Jesus teach us to pray, thy kingdom come, instead of let's go to the kingdom? But all the preaching that I've ever heard has been about going someplace when you die. And please hear me, I believe that. But there's been hardly any preaching about what we can do while we're here on the planet. We've got so much hard work to do. We've got to sweat and labor and toil and to just to hope that maybe, possibly, we'll get to go there. When I believe that it's already come and you can enjoy the benefits of it right here, right now, on the way to it. The, and then he answered them and he said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Now, they were observing feast, ceremonies, washings. They were observing the law. They were observing all that Moses had told them to do. And it was not working because if it had worked, Hebrews said, there would have been no need for Jesus to come and shed his blood. 
Because if the first one by works could have saved you, there would be no need for Jesus to come and shed his blood to save us once and for all. That's good shouting material right there. Once and for all, my sins are covered under the blood. Jesus goes on to say, nor will they say see here or see there. Now here, here we go. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Now, the revelation of that did not hit them until the day of Pentecost. But we have only an indwelling spirit, not rules on rocks. Jesus didn't write another covenant on rocks with rules on it for us to follow. And he, Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. And if something is fulfilled, it does not have to be kept because it has already been taken care of. If you have a contract that has been fulfilled, you don't keep paying the, contra- the mortgage that you've already paid off. That would not be wisdom. You don't keep paying the note on your car five years after you paid it off. That would not be wisdom. Why? Because you fulfilled the contract. Jesus fulfilled the contract and he came and brought the kingdom. He told those that were near him, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But then he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And now he says, the kingdom is within you. We have the kingdom of God within us. So where's the kingdom located? In you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives in you. Where is Jesus right now? Seated at the right hand of the Father. And please hear me out. I'm not downplaying this. And we tell little children, ask Jesus into your heart. I understand that terminology, but Jesus is not going to leave the right hand of the Father right now where he's interceding for me and you to make sure that we get all of the benefits of the inheritance that he died to give us. And so he said he would send whom? The Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the one who is a helper alongside another because Jesus was the helper when he was present here teaching and guiding, but he said, I will send you another spirit. It will be my spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, quickens your mortal body, lives on the inside of you, and when the moment that you believed, your spirit became alive because the Holy Spirit came in. Listen, you don't have to do anything to be holy because the Holy One already lives on the inside of you. But I'll tell you one thing, he will tell you what you need to do He will lead you, guide you, and direct you. And if you were ignoring that, there are consequences to that. Can I get an amen? Because we still believe in consequences of sin. But one of those consequences is he's not going to put your handbag and send you to hell because you... I got to get to the message. Let's go back to the... Key text, Romans 14, verse 17, to get to these three three ingredients. For the kingdom of God is not the observation of eating certain foods, drinking certain things, feast ceremonies. That's not what the kingdom of God is. But it is three things. If you're taking notes, write this down. It is righteousness. Look at that word. Right. It is peace. Anybody need any peace? Want any peace? 
I'm going to show you today that you already have it. And some joy. Can I get a smile from anybody in the house today? Some joy. The three ingredients of the kingdom of God are righteousness, peace, and joy located in the Holy Ghost who is living on the inside of you, which means the kingdom of God is invisibly in you and you already possess righteousness, peace, and joy by no works or effort of your own. Let's look at righteousness. Again, I'm not going to try to pronounce these Greek words here. But it's important for us to understand what it is. Righteousness, number one, check it out, it's a noun. It is not a verb, so it doesn't do anything. There's no action in it. It is a noun. What are nouns in the English language? Person, place, or thing. So a noun... Righteousness, I believe, is a person. If you'll go to first, don't do it, but look it up later. First Corinthians, the first chapter, verse 30. He is our righteousness. So all of these things, all of these ingredients are Jesus. And they're located in you by the Holy Ghost. And so you have the King living through His Spirit in you, which means you are the realm or the domain of the King. So wherever the king is ruling and reigning, his sovereign, sovereign rule, there is the kingdom. So wherever your feet and my feet touch, there is the kingdom. He told Joshua, every place that your foot touches, that's yours. And if the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God is in you, anywhere you go, the residue of the kingdom should be left behind. That is my concern. That is my burden for a lot of you, some of you who are watching, some of you who will watch later that have quit coming because you got mad at me because I told you there's some responsibility when it comes to the kingdom of God and you just can't go out here kicking and flailing your feet, living all the way that you want to live because you are ignoring the Holy Ghost that's living on the inside of you. And your language is filthy. And your Facebook are embarrassing. But you still have the righteousness of God dwelling on the inside of you. You just don't, you don't look like it. You don't act like it. You don't talk like it. Some of you don't even smell like it. Help me, Jesus. But... See, this righteousness is a judicial verdict. That was some good old time fashion preaching that just got on me right there. (laughs) But it was still done in love and it was still because I want to see you succeed and I want you to know that you can have heaven on earth while you go to heaven. Okay? This is a judicial verdict of approval. Divine approval. So I'm not telling you that you're disqualified or that God's kicked you out of the family. It's not what I'm saying at all. The righteousness of God dwells on the inside of you. Matter of fact, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus if you've believed. This is what is deemed right. See that word righteousness there? It is what is deemed right by the Father after His examination and is approved in his eyes. If you've seen it once, you should have seen it three or four times. We've shown you that when a sinner comes, the priest does not examine the sinner. He examines the sacrifice. 
So when God sees into your heart and he sees that the blood has been applied, he sees Jesus, he sees that you, and he deems you approved, he deems you in right standing with God, there's been a judicial approval, and it is just. People want to say, you know, God loves you, but he's just. Yeah, he is just. He's just approved you and deemed you right in his eyes because of what Jesus did. Mm, that's encouraging news right there if there's any ever been any encouraging news at all. <laughs> Ephesians 1.16 says, To the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the beloved. Look at two people and tell them you're accepted. That's righteousness. He has approved of you. All right, now the Holy Spirit's just dealing with me that some of you have never been approved by your earthly father. And because of you've never had the approval of an earthly father, you struggle with the approval of your heavenly father. So I speak a fatherly blessing over you as an earthly father from your heavenly father telling you that you have been approved. You are his righteousness. Two, peace. Number two, peace, righteousness, peace. It's a noun. Again, it's a noun. Listen to what this Greek word means here. Quietness and rest. It means to join together into a whole. Completeness. When all the essential parts are joined together. The Hebrew word is shalom. And so that Hebrew word shalom translated into Greek and you get Arene, uh, there, it means prosperity, the rest of God. It means to be set at one again. Now listen to me. I'm not trying to get off into pie in the sky, but when some people have a problem with doing yoga and you center yourself, well, just do it in the light of God and bring. know that in the shalom of God, you're bringing your body back into the... He is bringing your body to be at one again with Him. It means health and well-being. It's... Oh, come on, somebody. It's not limited to a political peace by the absence of war or your enemy. See, some people think, well, if I'm not... We are at peace if when we don't have war with another country and we have no enemies. This is not what this means at all. It's not even a social um, peace by the absence of quarrels and debates and strife amongst people. That, that's not what that's about. But rather this is reaching into the spiritual dimension to include the well-being, the tranquility, the prosperity, the security, and the safety of the children of God. It's a blessing and a manifestation of the grace of God in your life. Uh, it's amazing how many of these words have the same root word in the Greek. Colossians, the third chapter, verse 15 says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That... Uh, that word rule is brabeo. It's the same word for umpire. And in the Greek Olympic games, the umpire was had the final word. 
that no one could overrule what the umpire had said. So what Paul was saying, he was saying, let the peace of God, this tranquility, this wholeness, this rest in the in the hand and the love of God. Let it rule. Let it make the final decision in your hearts. And then he goes and Paul says to the Philippian church, and let the peace of God that passes all understanding, let it guard your hearts and your minds. If you don't have peace about it, I wouldn't do it. If there's not a quiet rest in your spirit that comes to your business, that comes to a financial decision, that comes to sexual relationships, that comes to anything that you're facing. If there is, I get this, um, this tw- Twitter twitch in my heart, and it feels like my head is tingling and about to pop off. When I and I, if I go against that, I, I I will regret that because that's the Holy Spirit dealing with me. I'm not at rest in my mind. I'm not at rest in my spirit. And it's, I have to let the peace of God that brings me back into oneness with Him and brings me in well-being and health and leads to prosperity. You know where it's found? In Jesus. He is our righteousness. He is the Prince of Peace. And this is the last one. Joy. Chara. It's Kara, really. It's spelled with a C-H, but it's a K-H pronunciation. Uh, It means to extend favor. It's the Lord leaning towards you with His grace and His favor. That's what joy is. It's the... (laughs) Joy is the awareness of God's grace and favor. Um, It's the the etymology, the origin of this word joy links up with rejoice. And it's to rejoice because of the grace of God. It's, it's to have a consciousness of the grace of God and that He's leaning into me. No matter where I am, what I've done, what I've said, what I'm struggling with, the Father is leaning towards me with His grace. You know, we sing songs about, or we even say, let's lean into Him. That's great, and yes, we need to lean into Him, but isn't it amazing that He's already leaning into us with His grace and with His favor? That's what joy is when we have a conscious awareness of His grace that He's leaning into us. All of these words, favor, grace, joy, peace, righteousness, they all have the same root in the Greek language, and therefore they have the same fundamental meaning, yet they have different connotations. I tried to show you these are ingredients in the kingdom of God. And when, you know, if you leave one of the ingredients out of a recipe, it doesn't taste very well, does it? And I think a lot of times when the kingdom of God, the gospel of the kingdom has been preached, that there are some ingredients that have been left out. That's why it leaves a bad taste in people's mouths. That's the Holy Spirit speaking right now because this isn't in my notes. But see, when, when you just preach a sin-conscious gospel to people, they walk away with a bad taste in their mouth. When people come to me and there is obvious rebellion and sin in their life, I have no problem speaking to the sin in that 
and helping them see what they need to repent and turn of because of the consequences, but I'm going to speak to the son in them. What I'm not going to do is to get up in a public worship service and start blasting things that may not even be present in the building today and start naming things. That, because here's the thing, I will ultimately leave something out that you're dealing with as a sin in your life and you'll amen me. And then when that's preached, then we can come become judgmental towards the ones that aren't struggling with the or that are struggling with the things that I mentioned, but because you're not struggling with them, that was a good message, Pastor. But I'm, I'm, see, that's, I'm, my job is not to call out sin in your life. The Holy Spirit is real good at that. I'm going to love you. Now, if I see something that I, needs to be corrected, and I have people in my life who get, I've given permission to come to me and say, not out of a pompous attitude, not out of a better than I, you're, I'm better than you are. They are mentors that are trying to motivate me and help me, and they will speak to things that need to be corrected. Yeah, that's good. Okay, Frank, if you'll come. The, so we've been talking about this invisible kingdom. It's the kingdom of God within you. Now look at the screen. The, the invisible kingdom of God within you becomes a reality in the earth as it manifests through us. Now, I told you I was going to tell you what your purpose was. Because if it was a purpose that Jesus had when he was on the planet and we are to be Christ-like, we are to be followers or imitators of Christ, would not his purpose be our purpose? And see this, he said to Pilate, uh, headed towards the cross, he said, if my kingdom were of, and really that's a wrong translation, if you look at the original language, it says, if my kingdom were from this world, my followers would fight. They'd pick up swords. But because my kingdom is not from this world, it's an invisible kingdom, and it's been placed within you, but it will manifest and become a reality in the earth. That's when the kingdom of God is in operation. It is being manifested through us. This is what we talked about last month, the whole month. The manifestations of the grace of God, when they come through us in operation and activity, the kingdom of God is a reality in the visible, because those gifts, when they're manifest, always show us something. Uh, they're they're heard, they're visible, and there's an encounter there that we can have. So now we're talking about this kingdom of God that's invisible. I can't see the kingdom of God in you right now, but if the Holy Spirit would come upon Jen and the gifts that are placed in, within her would become in operation. Now the kingdom of God is manifesting, becoming visible, and is in operation in the, in the earth. That is what we need desperately in this day and time. Not just in a worship service. I believe in them. I want to see them in operation. But listen, God wants to manifest those gifts through you. I can't tell you how many opportunities that I saw this week where I was Thursday and Friday. Physical handicaps, 
emotional and mental disorders. And if we walk away from those and we've not left the residue of the kingdom in that area, see, the earth is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. It doesn't say that the earth is groaning for the return of God because it's more about the kingdom coming here than it is, is us about. See, let's just settle this right now. Us going to heaven is a done deal. If you believed, you've settled it. So let's work on the manifestation of the kingdom coming here and now. So I'm going to tell you what your purpose is. I hope I type this out and put it on the screen for you. Your purpose, just as it was Jesus' purpose, is to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom in every city, every town, every village, and every synagogue. Everywhere you go. You cannot have a global mentality until you have a local mentality. Um, can I tell you where this starts? It starts in your home. It starts on the job, in the schools, in the workplace. Yes, in our churches. We have a responsibility and a purpose to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. Let's start at home. Start proclaiming the gospel, the good news of the prosperity of God, the peace of God, the righteousness of God. And it takes opening up your mouth and making those declarations in your home. I mean, if you've not gone through your home and blessed your home and put the seal of God all over your home and applied the blood to your home, I mean, come on. It starts at home. Let's get the kingdom of God in operation. Start using those gifts in the community. Stand with me, please, if you would this morning. I hope I haven't taken up too much of your time and that something was released into you this morning that will stir in your hearts that the kingdom of God that is within you can be manifested through you and that's when it becomes a reality in the earth. I mean, I, I have to repent and say, Lord, forgive me. So, you know, it's, it's difficult. Can I just be real with you for a second? It's difficult in this day and time. See, I, I see a little girl in a wheelchair that has no eye. There's just a, no, just a socket there severely crippled and handicapped and, and I'm, I'm cautious because I don't know what the parents would say if I went over and laid hands on her really don't know what they'd say if that eye would grow back and she'd get up out of that wheelchair you know I, I'm cautious and, and so I, I Holy Ghost I don't I, I'm, I'm praying I'm just believing I don't know when she goes back to wherever she lives what God's going to do in her life. That's not my call. That's the Holy Spirit working in her and through her. But I feel I've failed sometimes. See, I have, I have believed since I was a young man. I've declared it publicly more than once that I'm going to see the dead raised. And I'm not talking on the day of resurrection. I'm talking about through our ministry. You know, I've always, I've traveled all over the world and I thought, oh, well, maybe it's going to happen in Mexico or Ghana or why can't it happen right here? But you know what? If you don't lay hands on any dead bodies, you won't see any dead people raised. And I'm not talking goofy stuff. I'm just trying to be real 
And I believe that the same power that Jesus had operating through his hands, I mean, Wendy needs a miracle in her mom's life. That's what we're talking. We're talking about send your word, Lord, and heal her disease. Horrible car wreck. Many, 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 many bones in her body broken. Not responding. Maybe a stroke with the left side. Sending her a nursing home for rehab. But I believe that we're going to hear a word in a few days that she is responding, that she is getting healthier, she's getting stronger. And we're going to keep declaring that and we're going to keep believing that. I'm not the healer. I desire for healing to take place and I know the one who does touch and heal, so I'm calling on him. That by the stripes that he received beaten into his body, he didn't do that so we would go walk around sick and, and disabled. I don't understand why not everybody's healed. I believe that I want to see everybody healed. Listen, the scripture says that every sickness and every disease was healed wherever he went. And then he says to us that greater things than he did, we will do. Now, let me tell you how that happens. I'm never greater than my master. I will never do greater things than Jesus ever did. But when we, the body of Christ, the hands and the feet of God, begin to work in the, uh, the kingdom, and these things begin to manifest, more miracles, more resurrections, more healings will take place as the whole body of Christ is in operation than Jesus did as one man in the earth. That's how we can do more. You're not greater than Jesus. You won't do greater things than Jesus did. But the body of Christ together, worldwide, will do more than greater. That's the kingdom of God in operation. Would you just lift your hands and agree with me? Even tell the Holy Spirit, <laughs> I'm willing, I'm able, I'm here. Send me. I, I want the kingdom to operate through my mouth and through my hands. I want you to, wherever I walk, I want to declare that this is the kingdom of God has taken over. Quit letting the enemy take over your mind. Declare that your mind is the realm of the kingdom and that you have the mind of Christ. If you have turmoil in your home, walk your home off and declare that every place that my foot touches is the realm of the kingdom and the king has sovereign rule in this place if it's at your job that you're struggling walk it off if your kid's being bullied at school get out there before school starts start walking around those premises and you declare that this is kingdom territory and this is where the Lord is ruling and reigning and this is going to stop in Jesus name come on we believe it Lord we're receiving it today in Jesus name in Jesus' name. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Your purpose in this life is to share, to spread, to announce, to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. And when they believe, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Disciple them. Help them to grow so that they can have the kingdom be manifested through them. This is about multiplication. Multiply this thing because it's an ever-increasing kingdom. It won't back down. It won't stop. It will never decrease. It's an ever-increasing kingdom. Jesus.
So, Father, once again, we release every blood-bought son and daughter of God into their purpose and into their calling. Use them, work. May the manifestations of your grace work in and through them this week. May we begin to hear testimonies of the miraculous power of God in every hospital, in every nursing home, in every healthcare facility, in every cancer center, every diabetic clinic and dialysis center. We believe right now that the kingdom of God is taking over. In every school system, in every coal mine, in every job site, in every insurance agency. In Jesus' name. For even when those of us who have our own businesses, Father, may the kingdom be in operation in our businesses for the glory of God in Jesus' name. Put your hands together and begin to bless the Lord right now. Thank the Lord. Bless you, Jesus. We magnify you, Lord. King of kings and Lord of lords. Every heart clear? Yes. I don't usually do this, but Gabriella had to go to work with me um, for the last couple weeks. And we just got back from vacation, and I taught her how to answer the phone, speak up like a big girl. She did it. She did my cash register with me standing there, but she counted change back and everything. And every, when you know, I've got four girls working there with me, and everybody that came in, Gabriella can be at a grocery store, and someone can say, oh, you, how old are you? Are you a Christian? I mean, she isn't embarrassed. She does that. So she does it at my shop, and it's just the way it is, and you don't want to tell her not to do that. Well, she started bringing a notebook in, and all of us started getting really busy, and she would make everybody there, plus answer the phone. She would draw a picture of them while they were sitting in the chair, and all she would put on that picture is, Jesus loves you. So she's 10 years old, and she's learning that, and it does start at the home, and it takes a village. So... When you, the older you get, the harder it is to do, but you just got to do it. Because I don't do this, but it made me do it. That's great. Childlikeness. Make us childlike. Not childish. That's the problem. The church has become childish and they're not childlike. We need to drop this childishness and foolishness. And be, When I was a child, I spoke like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I am still childlike. So that's good. Thank you. That's encouraging. Well, the Lord has blessed you. The Lord is keeping you. The Lord has caused His face to shine upon you and to be gracious to you. He's lifted up His countenance. The old covenant Arianic blessing said, and He's given you peace. And I add to that His righteousness and His joy in the Holy Ghost. May you be blessed this week and be a blessing in Jesus' name. We love you. We'll see you guys soon. Hey, I need the deacons real quick. Five minutes downstairs if I can get all of my deacons.